Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing today? Awesome. Listen, I am one that likes a little bit of feedback. I like to know that you're alive and awake. It really does bother me if I put you to sleep. So when I was a youth pastor, God bless those children. I really honestly, like there's days that me and Josh will talk about when we were youth pastors. And I think, who let us do that? (laughs) Who let us do that? And I remember some of the stuff I'd say. I was like, oh, I'm so glad they didn't record us back then. They just let us like in this little room on the other side of the property. They're like, y'all do you. (laughs) And they didn't pay any attention to us. And now I'm really thankful for some of that stuff. But um, I do actually like for you to respond Okay, um, so that is something that doesn't have to be fake. Doesn't, if you don't like it, just don't say nothing, okay? No booze allowed. You can laugh at any point in time. That helps fill my tank, all right? I like to be, I like to, thank you. I feel very good about it. So anyways, I'm grateful that you're here. My name is Lindsay. Like you said, my husband is the pastor here at the church. He's not here this week. He is traveling. Um, he is from North Carolina. And so just, uh, yeah, yeah, woo. <laughs> yeah, I've only been there. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's lovely. It's a lovely place. Um, but this is actually the first time. I don't know uh, if you, uh, of course, this is your first time here. You wouldn't know this. His mother passed away back in um, on Thanksgiving week in November. And this is the first time he's actually gone home since that. And so a lot comes with that, right? A lot of things that you have to still deal with and a lot of emotions and all of that. So if you think about him, he's had a wonderful trip, but also at the same time, it has been bittersweet to, for me, my, when my father passed away, I was in the same city. So it was like, it was just here, you know, but that first time going back to the place um, where he buried a parent is always difficult. So just pray for him as he travels home today. Um, He's had great services there. Um, I woke up a few days ago. Um, do you ever, I don't, some people aren't social media peoples, so I don't want you to do this, or you could be a person that writes scriptures on your mirror, or you put like little things right there where you're believing for some, are you making a statement of faith? That's what, I, that's the kind of direction, like, hey, I'm believing for this, right? Like, this is it, or I'm going to wake up every day at 6 a.m. to work out. Definitely, that's not me. But, you know, that this is my statement of faith that I'm promising myself I'm going to do that, right? And so you get into this place. Well, I woke up the other day and the Lord started stirring something in my heart. And I was like, I really don't want this to be my statement of faith. Have you ever felt like you're about to say something and you're studying something out that you feel like it's going to happen in your own life? And you're like, I don't prefer that. Okay. Like I have a personality where I prefer as easy as possible. (laughs) Whatever takes me there, the easiest, whatever gets me there, the quickest, whatever takes there. And so that's the opposite of whatever the Lord does in my life. He's like, no, we going this way. And I was like, I really would like to go that way. I'd like to take interstates everywhere. And he's like, nope, we're going to take back roads. I don't like back roads. Let's go interstates. And he's like, we're going to go back roads. So I woke up the other day and just, I knew that I was going to speak. And I told Josh a few days ago, I was like, I just feel like I'm staring off into space, which is never overly difficult for me. I don't really speak a lot here. So when I do, it's usually based off things that I'm studying or various things like that. But I felt like I was kind of staring off into space, like, okay, God, Where is it? And what am am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? And then at the same time, I felt like, hey, Lindsay, I'm just talking to you. So I'm going to talk to me this morning, and maybe you guys can get something from it, okay? And if you don't, I always say this every time I speak, come back next week, okay? (laughs) It might be better, all right? So we'll just do that. Lord, I'm thankful for you this morning, and I'm thankful for your presence and your guidance and everything that you're doing in this place. 
I'm grateful for every opportunity to stand here. I'm grateful for every opportunity we get to gather together and we get to worship together. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Um, here at Way Family Church, it's gonna take me a few weeks, okay? Way Family Church, we are, we always speak from the finished work, not in something that he is doing, it's something he's already done, okay? So in a place of like, will God do, no, he's already done the work, so we communicate from that perspective. So if I communicate from a perspective of already knowing that he's already done it, that changes my perspective of him, right? So if I already know that I'm loved, then I will constantly respond as though I am loved. If I know that I'm already appreciated, I will respond out of knowing that I'm appreciated. Always, you can always find a disgruntled employee when they know, you know them because they know that they are, feel unappreciated, right? You can pick them out of a crowd because they respond out of that unappreciation. That doesn't mean that you've done anything to them necessarily, but in their own viewpoint. Same thing with the word or the Lord and our relationship with him. If I do not believe that the work's already been done, then my response to the Lord will be there of not believing that, in unbelief, right? And so here we want to constantly communicate from a place and a foundation that we believe it's already been done. Everything that you need has already been done in you. I like to sometimes, I have the opportunity to run a business, an arts business that is a dance studio here in the city. And inside of that, I say this all the time to them and I try to communicate this to my staff on a continual basis. Everything that we need here, and I'm sure I've said it here before because I really believe it strongly. Everything that we have here on earth, lights, chairs, stage, all of these things was in the earth when he created it. It was already here. There wasn't something that happened and all of a sudden a bunch of electricity just fell down. Woo, there it is. We got light bulbs, guys. No, that's not what happened. All of it was created in the earth from the beginning. It took people and gifts like me and you to pull out God's gifts to the earth, to pull out what was already in it. So inside of that, everything you need to accomplish everything in your life is already in it. It takes right perspective and right position to pull it out into reality. So everything that you need, you have access to it. Now, we'll get into, you know, imagination and reality, you know, those kind of things, you can talk about that. But everything that the Lord's desired for you to have, you have it. All of these things, these buildings, I think it's funny, skyscrapers were in the earth when it was created. We think it's like, oh man, all these cool people in the 2000s came up with these ideas to build these big buildings. It was in the foundation of the creation, right? And everything we need thereof. So I want that perspective for us as we go into it. Josh made a comment years ago and it kind of came back to my memory. We were doing something else. The church was not planted at that time. And he said, you know what? something's on the other side of my yes. What's on the other side of my yes? So we're gonna read out of Exodus 17. We're gonna read out of Exodus 17 and then Exodus 33. Exodus 17 records two additional provisions by God for his people. One in the first where we're gonna focus in one through seven, he uh, his provision is water. It's when Moses strikes the rock and water comes out. Second is in the latter part of the chapter 
where it's a victory over his enemies. God was demonstrating to a nation he was capable of not only nourishing them, but protecting them. He was not only capable of nourishing them, but he was also capable of protecting them. Sometimes, I don't know, not everybody, but me, I'm good with one of those, right? It's like, yeah, you, oh, God is powerful. He's my protector. You can wrap your mind around that. But when your bank account's empty and you're hungry, it's hard to wrap a mind. I've been hungry before. I'm, I'm literally hungry after lunch. Like, I get it. Like, so, like, I am eating lunch thinking about what I'm going to do for dinner. Like, it's a really bad habit. I've been that way since I was a kid. My mom was always frustrating me. She's like, oh, my gosh, just enjoy what's in your plate. I was like, I really, but it determines of how much I'm going to eat of this, of what I'm going to have later. <laughs> so, but in that moment, sometimes my own flesh can take over what I believe to him to be true of, right? Okay, Exodus 17, one through six. All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sins by stages. That kind of means like journeys, right? On their journeys. According to the commandment of the Lord, he had camped at Rephidim, sorry, Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? I feel, listen, Moses leading these people, I'd have left them. But he was like, why y'all yelling at me? I'm here with you. I'm thirsty too. But the people thirsted there for water. And the people grumbled against Moses and said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children for our livestock with thirst? Now you have to understand, they had been out of Egypt a long time at this point. So not only were they like complaining about something that was so far ago, like so far ago. They're still wondering why, you know, they're still struggling with things that are not just like last week, right? They're struggling with something that was years ago. Uh, Where am I at? Sorry, water grumbled against us. So Moses cried out to the Lord, what shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. I'd have dipped. Out. And the Lord said to Moses, pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel and take into your hand the staff, which you struck the Nile and go. Behold, I stand before you there with the rock and you shall strike the rock and the wa- and water shall come from it and the people will drink it. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Where they were was considered a resting place. So they had left and continued on a journey and made it to what um, is considered a resting place. Now you have to understand where they had come from. They had come from a place where manna and quail had had descended upon them daily, at least six days out of the week. So now they were at a place, not only had they seen God provide then, right? They had seen God when they were hungry, food came, right? Did they do it all right? No, but you can go back and read it for yourself, okay? Um, we're going we're gonna to focus on 17. But they had given, had come to a place, of, to a resting place, right? In their travels, in their journey. They were tormented by thirst. I like to change that out maybe just a little bit for me. Again, I'm talking to me this morning and saying they were tormented by their own pain and longing, Not only, it wasn't about them being thirsty for me. What it really was about is about they doubted what the Father could do for them. And they worried so much. Have you ever, like, I think anytime a financial struggle hits our home, um, I go into panic mode. 
Like I go into like we're couponing and now we are doing all the things I probably should have done before, but ain't nobody eating out. Y'all can't have extra snacks. Like I am like starting to like turn off every light. Don't run water. You get three minutes in the shower. Everybody's like, I just started to go into panic mode. It Sure, I could be that, should be that way all the time. But I now start to kind of, if it's okay to say over my freak out right? And it doesn't even matter that, sure, you can do things in the natural to help protect what you're trying to accomplish. And sure, you can have more set aside, whatever. I can have tons of money in the bank and still panic. Like, it's just my nature. I'm like, see, there we go. All done. You know, over. So we're, we're done. We're not going to make it. And Josh is just like, what? <laughs> Poor guy. He just sits there listening to me. And I'm like, oh my God. You know, we're selling cars, we're moving, we're doing this. And he's just like, wow, just bring it down a notch. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I'm leaving. (laughs) No, he doesn't. But Christians, including me right here, do the most when we begin to panic. And it's interesting to me. We will read scriptures on Sunday about his finished work. Or we'll even read, don't be anxious for anything. Have peace that surpasses, y'all know y'all pray that prayer. Have peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, let it be Philipp- <laughs> Philippians 4, right? Philippians 4, not Philippines. Philipp- Philippians 4, right? And so on. And we do all of this and we sing all of these songs. And then we turn around and we worry and we complain and we question, and we lash out, and we do all the things that we read scriptures about on Sunday, right? Or we're the loudest one preaching down the house about something, and then when it actually comes to inflict in our lives, somehow we forget all those things. Just goes out the window. Why do we do it? Because in my reality of my perspective, we often doubt God will provide the thing he said he would provide. We doubt the thing that he said about our lives, whether that can be as small as you're going to be joyous in every season. And then you wake up and you feel no joy. So you doubt you can be joyful in every season. I don't feel joyful. Well, I don't feel a lot of things. But I know it to be true. And there's days I have to get up and I have to know it to be true. Because if he said it, he will do it. And I don't say that as a religious conversation for me to have with you. I say it out of maturity and as someone that it might not look as though I thought it would but it always works out for my good. It always works out for my good. There's times that what I've considered to be terrible things that have happened to my life in the flesh turn out to be the best thing that's ever happened for me. Loss sometimes is not always a bad thing. Not always a bad thing. See, Israel's real problem was unbelief. And I thought it was interesting that they had desires for an old way. And I feel like the old way was to be complacent, right? So they would rather be slaves to a ruler to know where their food and water were coming from and be whipped and chained than rather walk in freedom and solely trust the father. They would rather go back and work day in And day out, and that king and ruler could care less about their traditions, could care less about the straw that they needed to sacrifice whatever. They, all of those things could care less about that. Just work and work and work and work. And they would rather work and work and work and say, oh, yep, but I got my food and water. Then they would rather say, you know what? I've never been so free in all of my life. And then you know what? I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, 
but I trust you. I trust you. I put my full faith in you. There's something different about that. See, that congregation had thirsted before in Exodus 15, and God met their needs. But people like today, we kind of forget God's mercy on our life because we're all about whatever's happening in front of us. This is, I think it's like every mountain that's in front of you is the biggest mountain you've ever faced because it's in front of you. And then you get over it and you're like, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. And then you're like, this is huge. You know, you get to the next one. You're like, this is massive. And you keep going. If they were in a place of God's leading, it was his responsibility to take care of them. So what do you do when you find yourself without water as a result of obedience? What do you do when you're thirsty, but you've done everything he's asked of you? (laughs) Freak out. Yeah. When you do what he's told you to do, yet your needs have not been met yet. When he said, go, and I thought last week what Pastor Josh talked about a little bit and even dreams and going after things and doing that. When you've started the business, but the prophet hasn't come in yet. Or you've started going to marriage counseling, but your marriage isn't better yet. Or you've started your healing process of whatever that looks like for you. See, I go to therapy every week. You can put it on the board. Lindsay goes to therapy every week. I'm not ashamed of that. I don't wear it as a badge. I wear it as it saved my life. Okay? So that's for me. That's not for everybody in the room. That was my healing journey, or it continually is. Right? But when I get to that place and I still have to show up every week and I don't feel like I know what to do. Why do I still struggle? Why do I still struggle with rejection? Why do I still struggle with self-doubt? Why do I have this and have that but still struggle? Why is it when I'm thirsty but I've obeyed you? And I heard him say on Friday night to me when I was at my house alone, my kids were in bed. He said, Lindsay, you don't believe. You're not believing what I said I would do. You're not putting in perspective what I said to you years ago. See, clouded judgment can come where life hits you and you begin to hear the noise instead of believing what he said. And then I had to sit back and say, okay, God, yes, check noted, got it. But I don't want to just believe for something that didn't look or wasn't gonna look like what you have intended. I want to be so satisfied that whatever you say and wherever you go, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay to do that. I'm okay to go there. If my business, now I, I, I'm a pretty vulnerable person, which gets me in so much trouble. Oh, it gets me in so much trouble. But if I have a desire for my business to grow, sometimes I probably push my staff a little bit too far for them to get on board to grow with me because I treat them more like family than a staff. I'm like, listen, we all in this together. And they're like, okay, you know. And I have this desire to see this grow. But I had to come to myself on Friday night. If it gets no bigger, if it gets nothing else, I'm doing exactly what you asked me to do. 
I'm doing exactly what you asked me to do. Now, now my pride level <laughs> was like, mm, okay, but can you, <laughs> can you find a rock <laughs> that I can strike and water flow from it? Can I do that? See, Moses b was blamed for the situation. You know, they say, wasn't even God's fault, it's Moses' fault. You know, and you start to blame. See, when unity is gone is when the enemy gets his foot in the door. And if Israel had been aware of the presence of the Lord, they would have turned back to Moses and asked him, what was the purpose of this test? But they turned to Moses and just complained about having no water and was like, we'll kill you if the water don't come. And he's like, what? I don't just, I haven't been the chosen person to be stoned. Why are y'all quarreling with me? It has nothing to do with me. That's why anytime somebody comes to your life and says, Joelle, hey, you look thirsty. And then you look back and go, it's your fault. You come to church. It has to be that church's fault that I'm thirsty. It definitely has to be that mentor's fault that I'm that way. Got to get a new therapist because it has to be their fault that I haven't made it through. It has to be this, the reason why I'm here. See, when unity starts to be broken and I'm unaware of where I'm at, I forget to ask the right questions. And instead of you start asking to quench something that's inside of you instead of asking what is the purpose of while I'm going through it. Okay, God, I know you're not out here to make me die of thirst. You did not bring me from Egypt all the way to here to the wilderness, now into a resting place for me to die here. So what is your purpose of this? But thankfully, the Lord loves us so deeply that he looks at, we get to look at the impossible situations of the ch children of Israel. Crossing of the Red Sea. The water at Merah. Then you had manna and quail. You had all of these things that the Lord had done, but in the moment, he wasn't doing it. So he's brought you out of all kinds of situations. He's given you all kinds of things. He's connected you with all kinds of relationships. But in the moment, Israel had gotten to a point long ago, or could have gotten to, gotten to the point long ago, right? They had been through enough to know that he was going to supply everything they needed. But they didn't know themselves. They did not know where they came from or where they were going. They had unbelief and distrust, right? Experiences shape our perceptions. I brought this out. I'm going to just go. I want to be fun. No, I'm just kidding. Experiences shape our percep perceptions. So growth. Growth, when you grow... If you physically grow to another size, you're going to have to change your pant size. It, right? If you grow, then anything that grows has to equal change. Right? And anytime you change, that's going to equal loss. So if you change your pants to a bigger size, you're going to lose the other ones. 
unless you lose the weight, <laughs> okay? But change equals loss. Loss equals pain. Anytime we lose something, it's always painful. Everybody handles pain differently. Everybody's pain tolerance is different, okay? But loss equals pain. So that means growth can equal pain. When they say kids, when they begin to, uh, I don't know if you're, their bones begin to grow and they'll start to complain about their legs. I don't remember what age it is. It's when they're young, five, six, you know, around that age. And they'll say, my legs hurt. It's because they're beginning to grow and their bones begin to grow. See, pain isn't the enemy. It's the inability or unwillingness to face the pain. That's the greater danger. I am a numb me kind of person. I am an epidural kind of person. If pain comes, I will act like it don't exist. Like, I'm just like, everything's fine. Everything's good. What's wrong with you? Are you okay? Da, 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 da. Mostly because I grew up as a PK. And you just have to get over it. <laughs> right? There's some of us in here that you know. Okay, so growing up that way, is it healthy? No. That's why I'm in therapy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but unability or your unwillingness to face the pain is a far greater danger. Charles Kingsley said, pain is no evil unless it conquers us. So pain isn't the problem or it isn't evil. It's not the enemy. Don't let your pain threshold become your ceiling. Contrary to the thinking of many people, stress isn't the problem. Too much unrelieved stress is the problem. All of us are going to have a little stress in our life. If you work a job, if you drive home on 74 at 5 o'clock going back towards Edmond, like you'll get stressed out real quick. You get past Memorial and you make it over to 150 and 164 and you're trying to, anybody drive that? I, yeah, okay. Coming home at 5 o'clock, you're like, oh! crazy or Kelly coming home at five o'clock is stressful okay uh, too much unrelieved stress is where the problem the, my father used to say this to me your purpose is often indicated by what agitates you some things bother you that don't bother me but the things I am bothered by I'm burdened by so I have a strong, uh, me and Josh kind of go have loving conversations about it. I have a strong agitation for people who claim to be something but have no evidence of it. I can't stand it. You want to make me mad? Talk about something that I don't ever see evidence of it on your life. We can call them unchanged Christians. So especially people that come to church and then they have, it's one thing to see that I am free, but, or to sing about it. Freedom, freedom, everybody waving their hands back, yeah, freedom, and all of that. But it's another thing to act free. There's one thing to sing about being something or coming to church or having great conversations. It's a whole nother thing to act it out. Because if I act free, then I'm living my life accordingly to what he has intended for me. So I have this really strong agitation for people who claim to be something that have no evidence of it. 
I heard a statement one time and I wrote it down and it's always <laughs> stuck with me. Currently, Christianity seems to be the only place you can say you're being improved without tangible fruit that verifies it. So many will say, I'm growing, but where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Scripturally, even repentance has fruit. Where's the fruit? So your decisions will determine your direction. For instance, if I decide today to get over here, get on uh, Broadway, and go down, and I get on I-35, and I head south, I will end up in Dallas. Ain't nowhere else you're going to go. If you don't detour, you are going to end up in Dallas. Why? Because that road leads to Dallas. It's really not that complicated. There ain't nothing spiritual about that. So the same thing. If you set your life up to go in a south direction. I'm not, that does not mean anything. You go east, whichever way. You get on I-40 and go to west. You're going to Amarillo. Like, you know, whatever direction you want to go. But if you go south, that decision will take you in that direction. It does not matter if you get in your car and you pray in tongues, you sing every worship song, you pray for glory to come down, you do whatever you need to. When you get on I-35, you're going south. So some of us put in directions and we are praying with all of our might. Lord, bless my soul. Why is this going? What direction are you going? Because if I go I-35 south, I'm going to Dallas. So if you get in a, I, I'm sorry, I use marriage sometimes as an example because I'm married and it's just, it's easy. But if we decide, or if we're in a place where we're at odds, and each one of us decide to go in a different direction, and then we don't know why we can't make it, we're going in different directions. So we have to decide to constantly get on the same road. This is the same direction. So when people complain about the direction of their life and they don't want to get off that road, it provides a strong agitation in mind. Because where he goes, I go. And that's very hard for me to say. But where he goes, I want to go. Charles Spurgeon said this, I'd rather dare the danger than distrust the master. I would rather put myself in a place where I would dare the danger in front of me than ever distrust what he said to me. The purposes of God will not change. I remember my father saying that to me one time. He said, the purposes of God will not change, Lindsay. He'll just wait you out. He'll just wait you out. Wait till the next. I was like, well, that's true. I don't feel like da 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 Even this past Christmas, I sat with my family around the table. We were discussing all kinds of very complicated things that I don't want you guys to ever have to deal with. <laughs> and we're sitting there and I was like, I don't care. I don't care no more. Don't care. And, you know, my mom, you got to understand, my mom, she was born in the 50s, grew up, like, pastored heavily in the 80s and 90s. She's like, what? <laughs> you know, dear God in heaven, like, what's happening? I was like, I don't care. And I got up from that table really believing that. I don't care. Don't matter to me. I was like, I refuse. Like, this is me. I refuse to live.
live the second half of my life being shot at by people that don't care. And, you know, we had this whole conversation back and forth, but that was the reality of where I was because I was not in a place that I would rather dare the danger. I didn't care. But as a requirement of a child of God, where he says to us, where I go, you go. What I say, you say. What I do, you do. Because the best place about anywhere you go is that he's there. The best place about anywhere you go is that he is there. Exodus 33, we come back around to Exodus 33 in verse 12. And he begins to talk out some things. He says, Moses says to the Lord, see you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. And you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence, this is good to underline, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here for now shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight and I your people is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct and I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth and then the Lord goes on to say that this very thing that you have spoken I will do for you and you found favor in my sight and I know you by name. Verse 15, if my presence, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. He was talking about the promised land. He was saying to him, if your presence isn't there, no matter how good that looks, I don't want to go. The most important thing about this whole scenario of our life is the, his presence. And if, ain't, and if you ain't going with us, then I, I don't want to go. If you don't want, if you say right now, I'm not going, then we're not going. If you say to me, hey, that's not what, the, then we ain't doing it. it. That's the one thing, it drives me crazy about Josh. Oh, he lives by that so. And I'm just like, what? He'll do it all the time. Nope, we're not doing it. What? Who said? Wait a minute. Time out. Meet back around. <laughs> After the kids go to the, go, we're going to have a conversation. <laughs> you know, you're doing all this and doing all of that. But it's the truth. If you live your life where, and we've done it since we were young. God, we were crazy, made so many mistakes did so many stupid things. We're probably gonna continue to make stupid decisions and mistakes, but the Lord's with us. But we sit there and we say, we've said it since we were young, er, said, if his presence isn't there, we're not going. If he's not there, we're not going. Now again, that pride thing that I've dealt with, it really does bother me. Because man, it'd be nice to know when you've worked what you feel like your tail off, <laughs> that there'd be water flowing when you got there. But sometimes you have to ask the Lord for things. Okay, God, you got to tell me what this is because I'm going to go where you go and I'm going to say what you say 
But this whole thing that's happening, you're gonna have to help me understand. You're gonna have to help guide me. See, when we are addicted to the one, we aren't leaving, we're following. We're following. What is on the other side of your yes? So when you say yes, you're signing up for growth. When you say yes, you're signing up for change. When you say yes, you're more than likely signing up for a little bit of loss. Doesn't, that looks different. You guys don't read into that too so far. More than likely when you say yes, you're signing up for a little bit of pain. But when he does it, he's going to be at a place where you thirst no more. You hunger no more. You strive no more. Sure, do I still have anxiety? Yes. But do I sit in the promises of who he is? I check myself in reality of who he is. Do I have self-doubt thoughts? Yes, but I check myself back. I'm working on it of who he is. So what is on the other side of our yes? What is on the other side of your yes? What is it when it comes to what the, ask, what the Lord is asking of you? Are you the one that's complaining about somebody else not providing you something? Or are you asking the Lord, okay, God, this doesn't look exactly like I thought it was going to look. This isn't coming up the way I thought it was going to come up. So I need to bring you to bring clarity and understanding or give me peace that surpasses everything I understand about this situation. Right? Amen? Okay, y'all are all looking at me like I'm crazy, so I'm just going to go with that. That's all I got. But I thought today, I just am going to pray. Um, uh, you know when you put a playlist on YouTube? You can go up and play for a minute. Just because it's what we do. <laughs> um, and every song that came up was something about his faithfulness. And I sat down and I was getting ready and one song came up about his faithfulness and then the other one, of course, Firm Foundation came on and I was listening to that. And then another one came on about how I'll be there in various times. And he came on and did things. And I was so just moved in my bathroom this morning, I began to cry. Because I thought, mm, I want to make sure I thank you in every season, at every stage, at every journey of whatever that looks like. So I, I text my staff and I, I was like, I know it's Sunday. Listen to this when you can. I said, I want us to, every time a student signs up to be there, we're gonna thank the Lord. We're gonna thank the Lord. Not because of we need more students, because we get an opportunity to bless someone's life. We're gonna thank the Lord. So every hard conversation that you get to have with someone when you have unforgiveness, we're gonna thank the Lord. When every scenario of every bill you get to pay off when you've had financial struggles, you get to, I get to thank the Lord. Every time you have a relationship or a friendship where you walk away feeling filled and not pulled from, you're gonna, we're gonna thank the Lord. 
every time something bad happens and, or in our world, that is a, a huge undertaking. We're gonna thank the Lord that we got through it. We're gonna thank the Lord. We're gonna thank the Lord because I don't wanna miss an opportunity of complaining about something someone else didn't do for me. When I can simply thank the Lord. So when you go home today, whatever you're going through, whatever that looks like, you fill in the blank. I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord that I'm whole, that I'm well. Even if you got one friend, thank the Lord for that one friend. So Father, we just thank you for today. I'm never good at endings. It doesn't ever do well for me. But Father, I just thank you for who you are. Father, I thank you for your presence that's going to guide us. Where you go, I'll go. What you say, I'll say. We say yes. We say yes to your will. We say yes to your guidance. We say yes to your love. We say yes. So as we leave this place today and we go into this week, that we won't just be one of those people that just base scriptures off today and then we forget all about it tomorrow. But we'll continue to live our lives according to what you have already said and already done. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for coming. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.